All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, later on the show, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, there is something, a big change happening. I'm sure every parent has gone through this. So, you know, you always see your kids and they're, and you know, every age is great. And, but there's certain times that they they move past a certain stage of their life and you, and you know, it's gone and it's, and it's never coming back. And it's, uh, it's like, you almost have to mourn it a little bit. Uh, we've had, uh, this play structure in our backyard for as long as, you know, well, ever since my son was two. And uh, now he's just outgrown. It doesn't, you know, doesn't want anymore. We got a trampoline coming in, which I'm sure is going to be great. But uh, as I was uh, taking it apart last night, because we're we're giving it to someone, um, you just see that, and it's just like, oh, you know, because you can envision your kid in certain times and doing fun things. You're on the swing, whatever it is, and you know the uh, the likelihood of that happening never happening again. Someone's got to send you a manual to prepare yourself for that. God. I just stare it out the window right now, and it's ooh, it's brutal, brutal. So I'm sure uh, parents can relate to that. It's a tough part. Now, it's obviously exciting because they move on and do different things. It's great. But there's just certain age where you're just like, ah, man, I wish you could stay at that age. Just kind of freezing time for a little bit longer. That'd be wonderful. So It's kind of like the feeling when your sports team wins, right? You wish you could hold on to it forever. It doesn't last. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't last. It's just kind of how it goes. Now. Let's get to uh, Struds On, brought to you by GS Construction. And uh, you know what? They uh, do huge in the community. Obviously, do a lot of stuff 
uh, underground and work, but uh, they're huge sponsors of uh, many different charitable components and a big sponsor of the upcoming Rose for Kevin Lowe, which is in support of Kids Sport. It's GS Construction. And now we uh, welcome to the show from Kelowna, live edition of Struds On with Jason Strzok. Struddy, how you doing? I'm good, but I, I, I'm sorry to hear about the structure, but isn't that where you used to do your chin-ups? Do like your, your three, four chin-ups a day? Oh no, buddy! I got that in the gym. I got the uh, bar right. I even have one of those uh, in the uh, in the hallway bars. So yeah, I hate oh. chin ups. So God, they're the worst. Like I, I know that they're good for you, but I like I loathe them. So yeah, they are. Yeah, so I, I don't think I've ever improved at them. That's the thing, right? Like you know, Mac, I can't even remember what my max was. It was never a lot, right? But it's just yeah, I don't know. You never, you know, like at least with a with a bench press or something, you seem to say, oh yeah, you have like a certain set number and you can get past it. That's great. But I don't know, chin ups. I just, you know, if I was at eight and I got <laughs> to nine, it doesn't feel any more satisfying. I don't know why. It is I don't tough. Like it. Now uh, you're back in Kelowna. As I'm watching, uh, you know, the taking away my child's youth in the backyard. Uh, did you tear up as you drove into Kamloops, <laughs> thinking of all the fond memories and the hair and the tight suits that you used to have? <laughs> You know, it is funny. So I'm here for to watch Memorial Cup. We'll watch a couple games. And my old Kamloops team played tomorrow night against Seattle. But, uh, you know, driving in here, it's funny. It was like a time machine. Jason Hall and I, it's like, you know, I remember driving in here when I was 18. And, uh, you know, to a new experience and, and some new opportunities. And I didn't imagine I'd have the run I did, both here and then after. But I'm sitting here with a few of my teammates having a, a bit of a longer lunch than we probably should. But, and one of our coaches is there talking about our time. And then, he, you know, he was talking about what he saw in us and what we didn't do right until we kind of figured it out. And it was just kind of neat to hear it from, like, now as an adult, and as a guy who coaches, hearing, you know, about our team and what our team was good at and bad at. And it's it's just a great. So hopefully we'll hook up with a bunch more guys tonight and then watch a couple games and hopefully uh, Blazers win tomorrow night. Well, yeah, they're uh, – well, if they win tomorrow night, uh, well, unless there's a miracle Peterborough win, uh, they win tomorrow night, it's it's basically just for uh, a little bit of bragging rights and then, you know, right. probably have a rematch in the exactly. uh, semifinal the way it's shaping up right now. Yeah, pretty odd, pretty odd. So, I mean, there's a chance that the game could mean nothing tomorrow, right? But then, you know, if you're – it's hard to say. Like, you, do you think that the Seattle can beat the Blazers twice or can the Blazers beat Seattle twice, you know, if you win that first game? So – Whatever's a little psychology that goes into it, do you address your backup? Like who knows, right? And and, and we'll see what how it happens. But it's a Memorial Cup, and you want to play well every single game you can. But it is odd to think that tomorrow night's game between two big rivals uh, could mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, which is uh, which is odd. Um, you know, last night uh, Seattle. Quebec uh, closely played game. Uh, Seattle couldn't score early on their chances, and then Quebec just didn't give up much in the in the second half of that game. So I, I give them a, a lot of credit. Um, today's study, I wrote an article, and I was waiting for you to come on to, to talk about it. Uh, took me quite a few days researching all of this, um, and it has all 32 teams and, and where they rank when it comes to, you know, how they're allocating their money to their top, you know, three players, five players, and seven players. It actually does change, right, because obviously you need depth and, you know, where they rank and different things. And if you look from a league-wide perspective, Edmonton ranks third by having uh, $30.25 million allocated to their top three players, which uh, are, of course, in salary, Newt, uh, McDavid, uh, Nurse, and uh, Dreisaitl. Right? Then Edmonton is uh, seventh when it comes to top five salaries, and their top seven salaries, they're fifth. 
Tampa Bay's one, then Toronto, New York, Dallas, Edmonton. Florida's right behind. Actually, Florida might be uh, slightly ahead now that I think that. I might have to redo that. Um, uh, then Washington, um, Colorado, Minnesota. All those teams are at 50, although Minnesota has 14 of that in uh, dead cap space, unfortunately for them. But you look at it, and all those teams are more the competitive teams. Like I, I've heard a lot of times, oh, you're too top-heavy, but... After looking at all the numbers, I think you have to be top-heavy if you want to really win. Well, top-heavy, it means you have good players to pay. You know, it's, it's, it's great to say we don't pay anyone, but if you don't pay anyone, then you have a lot of Jason Struggles running around, making very little money and not really producing much. So you want to try to have, I think, that the right balance uh, as far as, you know, how you pay your top guys um, and then finding value in players further down your lineup, specifically kind of like that lower third of the pyramid or your pay structure, I guess we'll call it here. And I think that's how you have to make it happen. You even look at Toronto for, you know, and, and, and we can speak about whether they paid their guys too much, but like a guy like Bunting, they got really good value out of him. And I remember saying, who is this guy? He comes out of Arizona. He's going to be here and they expect him to be the savior of that team. Well, he did. He performed well above his contract, but you need to have guys like that. But if you're not paying top dollar for guys, that means most likely you don't have top players. That uh, totally valid, right? And and I think it shows that you you definitely need it. Now Carolina has lots of really good players, but no great offensive players, right? And and I think that's that's been proven come playoff time that that's what you need. And now, of course, last night um, it's funny Vegas wins because a lot of their depth guys shows up, right? And that'll happen for a game or two. But a lot of the times, Eichel, Marcia, Soul, you know, they're better guys have been their better players, right? And it's no different in Florida. You look at Bobrovsky's $10 million goalie, stand on his head. Kachuk's been excellent for them. Barkoff's been excellent. And, you know, you look at Edmonton. Now, they did lose. You know, you still need some depth. And I think the uh, the 2022 Oilers loss showed that even with two elite guys scoring two points a game, you know, it wasn't enough. So you, you do need good con- contributions from the rest of your lineup. But ultimately, I think you win and you lose with, with with the kind of the core seven or eight guys of your team. Well, those guys are going to carry the play. Like, you think how much they're going to play minutes wise. You know, if he, your 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 twelve forward is not playing twenty minutes a night, right? So your top guys are on the ice more. You're hoping they're be healthy as as much as possible and more than other times. All those are the types of things you want to have happen so you can have your top guys playing. But let, let's just look at Florida. You know, Sergei Bobrovsky signed a long contract with uh, Florida for a ton of money. And, yeah, you know, it hasn't been probably what they expected. But if they're able to win a Stanley Cup with him as their as their goalie, he didn't start as a goalie in the playoffs, but he's played so well. Like, I, I think you look at the last couple of series, he's been a beast. So now, you know, if, if they get a Stanley Cup with him as their uh, goalie and he struggles the rest of the time, you know what, it's probably worth it. You probably get your money back out of that investment, plus you're a Stanley Cup winner. Jason Stroud joins us. I'm to Sports Leader TSN 1260. Now, you can maybe have a little bit too much as well, and that's why when, when I was compiling this, the thing that stood out to me was Kyle Dubas and how much money he allocated to those three contracts early in his tenure as GM hurt him for the entire tenure because they didn't have a lot of flexibility. Like, they they had $33 million allocated to, to three guys, right? Like, that was $5 million more than every team but four. And then, you know, you look at their, their top five. They had $48 million. Like, that was $7 million more than Edmonton and Colorado. Yeah. 
So I look at Dubas, and and that and the reason I, I use that as an example is next summer is when the Edmonton Oilers can start negotiations with Leon Drysaddle. That doesn't happen to happen right away, and then the following summer it's it's Connor McDavid, and and I look at at the at the importance of the Edmonton Oilers to have Ken Holland. You know what? If he's only the president of hockey ops, fine, but they got to have somebody experienced in there in the art of negotiating. For arguably, like the next two renewals are going to be huge. It's not just well, we got to pay McDavid and Drysdale anything they want, because I think if those two want to win, they're not just going to take everything they want because then they can't win. But you know, how do you massage that? And you know, you know, you might have to only agree on a five-year deal. But I just I wouldn't want a rookie GM, his first tour of duty, negotiating two very important contracts for the future of the organization. Well, just two of the biggest contracts that he'll probably negotiate in his life, right? At yeah. that moment, when you look at the the way the team is at in in their in their window of winning, where those two guys are at in their kind of careers, um, where the league is at, like these are two significant players. There'd be a big market for those two guys if they were hit the market. So I think when you look at signing players like that, you have to sit down and show them what you're doing, what what the plan is. Like this isn't the same as signing. Um, Let's say Cody Cece. You're, you're trying to sell Cody Cece on coming here. Okay, buddy, this is the money we're looking at. This is your role. Yeah, this is what the team's trying to do. But no disrespect to Cody Cece. He is not changing, alti- like altering a franchise as much as these guys. So you have to sit down and make them understand that this is what we're going to do. This is what we see happening. Compare them to maybe Sydney and, and Malkin or other teams or Ovechkin or all these guys or even Ranton and, and uh, McCarr and McKinnon down in Colorado. Like, this is your team. This is a group of people. You're selling them on your vision of your team now and the future. And then making them understand where they fit in the salary cap. Maybe you can explain and show how other players like Crosby or Malkin or McKinnon or whoever has signed after their team staying with a long time. Like this is a big, long process. Um, it, it might not answer. It might end on the answer you want, but you have to go through all that. So, to have a rookie GM or someone who isn't familiar with that situation intimately would be difficult. So I think it'd have to be a multi-person approach and to have Ken there to help out and facilitate over that time of 18 months or whatever it's going to be, I think it'd be huge. As we, we're now a month away from the draft and, and basically a month away from you know free agency, qualifying offers and everything, uh, on June 30th, uh, you, know, you decide if you're going to qualify players or not, and some of these RFAs are going to become uh, unrestricted free agents. What do you think happens with Clean Costum? Do you think ultimately they get a deal done before? Because I'm not sure they want to qualify him only due to the risk of what an arbitrator would give them. So if I'm Clean Costum, I'm looking at my career so far, and there hasn't been an NHL career before I came to Edmonton. Edmonton has helped them create an identity, helped them create a role on a team and a good team that has got them in the NHL. So I think he now is accepted as an NHL player. But at what price? And, and that's the challenge for him because he can price himself right out of the NHL very quickly. So if I am clean, I'd be very interested in signing a one-year contract to Edmonton Oilers. And, you know, to, to be here, a, a group that understands me, where I've, I've got some traction, where I have guys like Kane supporting me or whoever has been helping me out find my game. But, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want to go to another team. So let's let's say he says, well, I, my number is X. And the owner's like, we can't do that. Okay, we're going to go to arbitration, and he gets whatever. He gets X. Well, guess what? The owner's like, we can't afford that. You're out. Boom. Now he can go sign somewhere else. He might get more money, but your career might die in the vine in two, two years. 
I, I think he has to understand he needs to build off the momentum he has. And I, I would, that'd be my advice if that was my own son or a good friend. Get a deal here done that works, then just for one year. And then if you can do the same thing and even grow on it, now you're going to start moving into more salary years. And those might not be in Edmonton unless there's a big change salary-wise in the, in the salary cap. That's an interesting perspective. Like, I wonder you know, how many players take that into account. Did you ever have an agent tell you that? Um, well, when I was in Vancouver, I mean, I, you know, they offered me a three-year contract after the one. So I signed, I arrived there, played out that one. I signed another one year, and they offered me a three-year. I remember saying to my agent, like, is this the best deal? He's like, Strutty, you love it here. They love you here. Why would you go anywhere else or even look anywhere else? And I was like, you're still right. Like, not that I was a free agent, but maybe I could, you know, I could have maybe taken a one year or try to get more money. He's like, this fits right, feels right for everybody. So just sign it. And it was the best advice. So for Kareem, it's a little bit different. He likes it here. The team obviously likes him. The teammates like him. But he's never had traction before arriving here. Like, I think that's something to go back to. He was a non-NHL player until he arrived here. Now there's a vision of what he could be. Yeah. No, that's uh... – it's, I think it's really good advice, and, you know, it's different for every player at different stages of their career. And then, you know, because sometimes, hey, the grass isn't always greener. And, and it's no different than relationships. I'm sure there's lots of people out there that would attest to it. You know, they were in a relationship, and, ah, geez, you know what, I saw something else. And then, it's you know, it ends up not being as good or what have you. So I don't think it's any different because we've seen some players, strategy that leave to a team, and their career completely derails. Now, some guys go to another team, and it's unreal. Hello, Matthew Kachuk. So, you know, it can vary. I, I, I think it's – if you're an elite player, I think it's different because you've, you've got the skill. But for lots of other guys, we just had Phil Kemp on, and he talked about how razor thin the line is for lots of guys between, you know, being in the li- lineup and playing well and then not being in the lineup and not playing well or not even being in the league. And uh, Costum would probably yeah. fall into that category. He, he does. but like, So let's just compare two guys. Um, Ryan, it's Eric Ryan and, and Clint Costin. If if a team sides are going to, let's say they're both USAs July 1st. If you're going to sign Derek Ryan, you know exactly what you're getting. I think it's pretty clear. This is who he is. He has a track record. He's an older player. Everyone knows what he's all about. For another team, clean costume, you think you know what you're getting, right? So you're going to get a guy who can skate, can shoot pretty well, is physical, likes to fight. He takes some bad penalties, though. Let's just call that as it is. So the new coach might hate the fact that he takes penalties in the offensive zone. Might hate it. So also now his minutes go down. Maybe he's out of the lineup. And even he signs, let's say he signs a one-year deal for, I'm just going to pick a number, two, two million. Instead, the order is giving him one five. You know, he makes an extra 500 grand, but it might, the next year, he might be back on league minimum because it didn't work out for him. So I really think when you have traction with a team in the league, just do it for one more year. Like, I know 500 grand, and I don't know those are the numbers, but it's a lot of money, but you know, if you're thinking of playing 10 years and not just two years in the NHL, don't think that way. Get it. Try to get it up and running and just get yourself really solidified in the league, then worry about the cash. Strutty, what's, uh, what's on tap for the uh, Memorial Cup comeback tour for Jason Strudwick tonight? Well, we got Matt Donald Kelly here, a local uh, North Edmonton product. He's here, and he really wants to get us all a picture in front of Memorial Cup, so we're just going to go down there and try to find the Memorial Cup and try to get a picture. That's our goal before the game at 6. So we have three and a half hours to sort that out. Well, good luck with that, Strutty. And uh, we will chat with you uh, back from Kelowna later this week. Have a good one. Or sorry, Thanks, Cameron. guys. Talk to you later. It's uh, Jason Strudwick.
Joining us from his old stomping grounds. He's actually uh, going to visit his old billet, who he said uh, made a huge impact in his life, as, as lots of billets do. Right, the good ones, man. They're as any parent, because I know there's some people out there whose whose sons or daughters are going away for the first time, chasing the sporting dream, and you might require a billet. Do your research, get a good billet, man. It, it'll be such a game changer for you, positively. Can can really? I, I know so many players that you know their billets were now. Unfortunately, there's some that aren't. So that's why, as as a mom or dad, you got got to do your best uh, research and find out, and hopefully, you get them paired up with the right one. 325 will return him to Sports Leader TSN 1260. Dave McCarthy joins us. We're going to go a little bit deeper into the uh, the salaries of all the 32 teams. Um, which ones uh, stand out uh, positively or negatively? Next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 331, Edmonton Sports Leader TSN 1260. We continue on. Jason Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where all the revenue stays right in the province. And tonight, $65 million up for grabs. Lotto Max, gosh, just imagine what you could do. We'd have a lot of fun, I'll tell you that. A lot of fun. Buy Tommy some rhythm, it'd be amazing, amazing stuff. As we get to the uh, Chronicles, brought to you by Action Electrical, family-run business, locally owned and operated for 50 years. They just keep expanding, growing. They have a whole new residential and uh, commercial solar division. If you're looking to save money on your home, check them out, actionelectrical.net. As uh, Tom Gazzola joins us now. And, uh, Tommy, when you look at uh, a few things, um, you know what, hey, a a pretty cool story in MLB last night. A former member of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, of course, uh, was an all-star with the White Sox last season, and uh, he returned last night after uh, overcoming cancer, and it was uh, it was quite the emotional uh, return for him and, and a great response by the fans. Yeah, and we're talking about Liam Hendricks, of course. Greg's a likable guy, you know, very passionate on the bump when he's uh, – pitching and and yesterday even though his the white Sox lost to the anaheim angels uh, a great ovation when he he got into the game uh, it didn't go particularly great he gave up a couple of runs they lost six to four in the game but um you know what anytime anybody beats uh, an illness like that life-threatening anything uh disease illness or situation uh, it's heartwarming, and then uh, to see it on on that type of stage uh, is always pretty neat as well. So, you know what? Um, kudos to him for fighting back, and uh, the reception he got from the faithful in Chicago was absolutely fantastic. And you know what, Greg? It, it also it's one of those heartwarming moments that uh, in sports, despite how fierce competition can get and how much uh, rivalries and fan bases and players on the field or the ice can hate each other. Um, they can take a moment to recognize the, the human side of things and uh, a great moment for Liam Hendricks yesterday as he made his return to MLB. And uh, I love these types of moments. So recognizing that, pretty cool and a great ovation for uh, a guy that dealt with a tough circumstance, for sure. Yeah, it's always cool to see. Uh, last night in the NHL and in the NBA, man, talk about like an anticlimactic Monday. The, uh, you know, neither game was overly close. And now full marks to the Heat and uh, Vegas. Obviously the best team won. I don't think there's much de- debate about that. But, man, I was kind of hoping for But it was just like, oh, geez. Like, 
Nothing. Unless you're a Vegas or a Heat fan, you're probably let down a bit. Do you, do you think that there's maybe a little bit of karma in Jamie Ben coming back from the suspension and then no. the stars laying a dud like that? Like, I was just, that's the first thing I thought about when I was watching the game. I'm like, what if they just have a terrible game? But you're right. Vegas, they took it to the stars early and often. They got scoring up and down the lineup. I mean, when William Carrier is getting things going for you, uh, offensively, and then and then I think he made a great pass. It was a Colasar on his goal, where you're just like, man, that's a that's a fourth line grinder that hustles for everything he gets, making huge plays in a monster game. Uh, that's when you know that you know a team like the Golden Knights is in a groove and feeling it. So yeah, it was a dud of a game, but I think and you said it at times too, and I I believed it the whole time. It's like inevitable. Vegas built that huge lead. They they had the series in the palm of their hands and they just went out and took the game from the stars right away. And, and you know what? The best team did win in that series. We'll see what kind of effect uh, Vegas and Dallas has in terms of going longer than uh, Florida did against Carolina. And uh, I, I would say that Vegas might have the advantage just because they haven't been sitting idly uh, for as long as the Panthers have. And on top of that, Greg's like, we're talking about Stanley cup, final that if it goes six seven games could be almost you know what three weeks long so we've got all these gaps in the schedule it's going to be interesting and then as for the heat uh you know all that momentum that uh the celtics had built up and uh people starting to believe that they could get it done and then that gets uh, jammed down their throat and doesn't happen and um good on the heat for for battling through and just taking that series and punching their ticket to the finals as well so uh, and we'll see what happens. you got the Heat and the Panthers, a couple of teams based out of the Miami area. Can they get it done, or can one of them get it done? We shall see. I like the Heat's chances more than I like the Panthers' chances, though. I would agree. Oh, really? See, I, I don't think the Heat I, – I would say I like the Panthers' chances more than the, than the Heat. I think Vegas is going to win. I think Denver's going to win. But I think Denver's going to win rather easily. I just – right now, you know, Jokic is a, is a freak show yeah. in a positive way, and Jamal Murray's good. Like Vegas, I like Vegas' defense, but the one thing that Florida has is a goaltender right now that's playing elite. And we've seen yeah. that happen. Goalie can win it. Now, we've seen lots of eight seeds get to the Stanley Cup final, Tom. Uh, very few of them complete it. So that's what I'm, yeah. I'm looking to see. It has, you know, we saw L.A. do it. But even when L.A. was a number eight seed, like, they crushed everybody in the first three rounds. It wasn't even close. Right. <laughs> right? The four and five and four games. So, you know, they were kind of an anomaly eight seed. But we've seen a lot of eight seeds, like the Orders in 06 and, and other teams that, you know, they upset and then they get to the cup final. They just have no gas left. So I'm kind of yeah. curious to see if Florida can buck that trend. What if uh, undersized defenseman not deliberately takes a, a player into his own goalie and and hurts him in that series. That would be uh, that would be crazy, like we saw back in '06. But I do like Vegas's chances. Listen, I think we're in for a great series. A couple of teams that play different styles. Um, I, I do think that the Golden Knights, though, are ready to to finally win a Stanley Cup. I mean, I, I know it's two trips in six years, but um, yeah, I, I do like uh, Vegas's chances. And you know what? Let's see what happens with the Heat. So maybe that's me saying that I really don't think the Panthers have a huge chance if I'm bu- putting my uh, money on the Heat in the NBA as opposed to the Panthers in the NHL. 
Tom Gazzola joins him at Sports Leader TSN 1260. Tom, there, you know what? Um, the, the whole nil payments in, uh, in NCAA college, like, you know, you got lots of players that are, you know, getting some significant coin and, and good for them. And I, I do think there are some negative consequences to it. Anytime you give some people who don't aren't used to having money, all of a sudden they have a lot of money. And the difference is, like, you could make a lot of money right now if you're working in, in tech or somewhere else, and most people don't know what you make. Right, it's not yeah. public knowledge, so the, you don't have you know the the shysters kind of find you. But if you're an, uh, a college player and you get this big nil contract, everyone you sign is public. So the shysters know who to go after and try to see. Oh, you know what? Let's try to take some money from them in some stupid Ponzi scheme or whatever. So mm-hmm. I understood what Missouri coach Eli Drinkwitz was trying to say. But he completely butchered it when he talked about, wow, these guys are getting, they're getting paid more than my brother-in-law and he saves lives. And we're like, yeah, you get paid five to, you get paid five million a year, dude. I don't see you complaining about what you get paid. So that's where you have to understand how you want to present your case because his, his, I think his idea of trying to protect the players from getting, if he would have said, Hey, I'm worried about them getting shystered and stopped there. It would have been good. But then when we try to compare it to doctors and, well, they save lives and these kids are making more than them, which only was maybe 120 grand, and he's making five mil, that's when he gets deservedly ripped apart. Yeah, and he, he got shredded. And and this popped up. Like, we've, we've seen these uh, nil deals, NIL deals uh, pop up a lot. Some of them are pretty funny. But, uh, Greg, it's almost like the way he said it, and he, and he did bring up his brother-in-law who is a pediatrician, and he goes, that guy saves lives, and he's making less money than some of these uh, college athletes. It, it's like, okay, but, you know, that comparison doesn't really, doesn't really work. And, and people ripped him for that and kind of hypocritical. This, this is a coach that makes mega bucks. Uh, state football coaches are some of the highest, if not the highest paid employees in their respective states uh in a lot of smaller states in the u.s so uh, it was kind of a and he kind of walked into it he put his foot in his mouth and uh he got he got dunked on for a lack of a better term by a lot of people on twitter and yeah listen there are people that that work in really hard lines where they're they're putting their literal life on the line or they're saving other people's lives and and maybe they're not getting paid anywhere near as much as a one college football coach or two now college uh, athletes. But man, this isn't a new concept. There are young athletes in pro sports that make way more money than college athletes are getting now. And I'm wondering if that was him kind of making a, a commentary about the attitude of some players changing and the coaches not having complete control because now these players have a little bit of walk-around money and, and maybe they have a little bit more swagger and, and maybe that's his way of kind of just getting a shot in there. But it was not a bad comment, it, 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 or not a good comment, and it did not go over well, and, and now he's kind of eating crow for it. So, you know, another one of those dumb comments, you know, out-of-touch coach makes. And uh, the kicker was he's got a like a 17-19 and 19 record at Missouri, Greg's. And he just got a two-year extension, and he's getting like a $2 million uh, bonus, and uh, his contract goes up over the next couple of years, and people are like, really? Really, dude? That's uh, that's a weird tact and way to go after uh, college kids making some bucks, because not all of them are making those bucks, and uh, to take a cheap shot like that on a flyby was uh, was pretty bad, actually. Tommy? 
have yourself a, a wonderful Tuesday evening. We will uh, chat tomorrow, some uh, Memorial Cup news. And uh, I'll get you, I know you didn't have a chance, but uh, we'll talk about the uh, the article uh, today where the orders sit in their, in their top money spending compared to the other 31 teams. Sounds good, Greg. Hey, dance like no one's watching, right? It's true, Tommy. It's very true. I like it. I like it a lot. It's uh, Tom Gazzola, the dancer, brought to you by Action Electrical. Uh, when we return, Dave McCarthy will uh, join us. Lots of NHL story. Is this the week where the dominoes start to fall? Because there's there seems to be a little bit of hold up. They're waiting. If one GM job turns, if the Ottawa ownership is ratified, suddenly we're going to have some changes because teams want their GMs, then that's going to lead to coaches. So what's that going to mean? We'll find out next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on Tuesday afternoon. Lovely-looking day outside. Hope you're having an awesome one. Time now to go around the NHL, brought to you by Mick Donald's, your destination for chill summer treats with all the favorites you crave. You can enjoy a Sunday or a snack-sized milkshake for only $2 all summer long. Right now at McDonald's. So good. Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM joins us, as he always does uh, every Tuesday. Davey, how you doing? Excellent, Gregor. What's up, buddy? Oh, you know what, man? Just uh, living the dream, as they say, enjoying it. Uh, a nice day. I'd love some rain, but hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, me too. Unfortunately, we would, uh, we would love some rain here. It's uh, very hot, very dry. Need some rain. Now, um, I, I penned an article. I want to get your thoughts. I did a lot of research for two days on all 32 teams and, and their spending habits when it comes to like their top AAV contracts for teams, whether it's top three, uh, top five, or, uh, or top seven. And, you know, I, I, it was interesting. Like, I, I'll start to, in, in your neck of the woods because Toronto had the highest combined $33.5 million for three players. That's uh, $3 million more than uh, Colorado and Edmonton, who were second place at $30 million uh, apiece. And, and I believe that those three contracts by Dubas really limited him long term in his tenure as GM. Big time. Um, look, when he signed them, we didn't know the pandemic was coming up. And that also threw a wrench into the economic system. Um, and, and if it hadn't, maybe the cap would have continued to rise. And I'm, I'm sure that was the projection that he was operating under. Uh, but I still said at the time, and I will continue to maintain it today, those were mismanaged. Um, not terrible contracts, but mismanaged. William Nylander, he got just just shy of seven, but the way it was handled set a precedent of if you hold out and 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 you stick to your guns, you'll end up getting everything that you want. And that's what he wanted, and that's what he got. And then Austin Matthews got 11-6, and you know he was going to get his money. It wasn't much of a negotiation. He was going to get his money based on what he had done. Yeah, he still would have liked to have seen maybe – maybe 10 as opposed to 11.6 out of entry level. But anyway, that's what it, what it turned out to be. And then Mitch Marner's contract came up after that, and he had actually led the team in scoring the past, uh, the past two years at that time. So if Nylander got everything he was going to get and Matthews got everything he was wanted to get, well, I led your team in scoring to how How am I not going to get And then they bowed down to him. So they ended up tying their hands to an extent. And, and then the, the pandemic hit. And they were really unable to continue to build out their team effectively 
beyond those those three guys. Then you sign John Tavares, you add him into the mix, and it only further complicates the issue. So as you point out, $3 million more than the next closest team. $3 million is a good player, right? But they didn't have that to go out and spend because they had it tied into the, the four guys. So it hasn't helped uh, at all. And, and I will continue to maintain that it really did set the team back over the last four or five years. When the, like, I have to think Toronto's wants to get close. You know, we're uh, you know, less than a month away from the draft. Right? Like there, there's lots of stuff uh, going on. Like, do you outside of Brad Treleaving, who do you think is a serious contender for this job? I wouldn't. Doug Wilson might be an interesting name because I've heard suggestions that he wants to get back in, and you know I think he's at the point in his career where it's not here for a long time, but maybe here for a good time, right? Um, in other words, come in short-term deal like Lou. When he, when he came into Toronto with experience, as Brendan Shanahan pointed out that he wanted, um, and try to build the team out over the next two or three years um, to, take, to take a couple of kicks at it. Now, that's all under the assumption that Austin Matthews returns, and, and my understanding remains that, that he wants to. Um, but, but Doug Wilson could be an interesting guy because, you know, I think he's got experience. He's, got, um, he's well-respected around the league. Um, he, he's still chasing a Stanley Cup, right? He's never he's never won that as a manager, um, given his time in San Jose, where they they continually fell just short. Um, Doug Wilson could be interesting to me uh, as a potential candidate. Interesting. Uh, Dave McCarthy uh, joins us at Sports Leader TSN twelve sixty. Um, Dave, I, I want I wrote the article about uh, top spending, and you know Toronto was there and. You know, it's interesting how Toronto's top in, in top three and top five, but then Tampa Bay blows right by them because their top seven makes $60 million right now. Uh, and this mm-hmm. is for next season for Tampa. They got seven guys at $60 million. Toronto has 57. New York's 55. Dallas, 54.3. Edmonton's 52. Well, Florida's slightly ahead of them at 52 and, uh, and $92,000. Um, but you have Washington and Nashville in the top ten for next season and washington is really old right? like, yeah. i like barry trotz is going in as a gm in nashville how does he like do you think he retools do they think like did we see the steps of a rebuild at the trade deadline starting in nashville last year to an extent yes like i'll, I'll put it this way i'd rather be higher on the list of the top seven than of the top three because if you're high on the list of the top seven, what it means is you've got a significant number of players making good money, but not all of the money. And, and seven players is a pretty good skeleton of a team. You know, it's, it's more well built out than to be on the, the top of the list of, of the top three. So I still think Tampa, given where they are, to be honest with you, once they get um, a full summer, as they've had this year, to really recharge, I still think they'll be in a position to do some damage. So they don't really bother me all that much. Um, with, with Nashville, like you look at that roster right now, and look, Roman Yossi, really good player. Ryan McDonough, I'm starting to wonder, you know, is he running a little bit thin right now? Is he getting up there a lot of miles 
on him and all of that. Again, he'll get a summer to recharge, and maybe he shows back up in the fall at the age of 33, 34, and is a lot better. Um, UC Saros is an, is a, an elite goalie in net, um, and he's got two more years left. But up front, like I'm, I'm just still really not all that thrilled with with what you see there right now. Um, Matthew Shane had a good year, but he's going to be 33. Ryan Johansson dealt with injury. He's going to be uh, looking right now. He's going to be 31. So, like, they need to inject some young, talented players into that mix. Otherwise, I see them as a group that is scrounging for the final playoff spot, a wild card, but but not really a legit candidate to me to go deep into the playoffs. Dave McCarthy joins us, Hampton Sports Leader, TSN uh, 1260. I was interested when I looked at Pittsburgh, because we've heard about oh, Pittsburgh's top end, Pittsburgh's top end heavy, but their top seven salaries, they're actually 24th. They only have $43 million tied up in, in their top seven players. It's not so much that Pittsburgh's top heavy, Dave. It's Ron Hextall did a terrible job of surrounding his top guys with any decent other players. And he, and he has way more cap space than a lot of other teams to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, that was it. Like, you look at, at what Pittsburgh got this year out of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, the two of them played all 82 games. And they had good years, like great years. And, and Chris Letang, um, you know, he dealt with some, some stuff this year, man. But he was, you know, in the lineup more often than not, and he was pretty good too. So the fact that you got those kind of years out of your top-end guys and you still miss the playoffs speaks to the point you make is that beyond those guys, like Jake Ansel was fine, Brian Russ was fine, but the, the rest of their roster was, was horrendous. Um, so, look, I mean, in, in Pittsburgh right now, Somebody makes a ton of money. Sid had a great year. He makes 8-7. Gino had a great year. He makes 6. Latang makes 6. So they should be able to build that roster out. We'll see who gets charged with that responsibility. Maybe it's Kyle Dubas. But the issue is is that their core is is getting up there, right? Is Sid is, is 35. Gino's 36. Latang is 35. That's at the age where you, you you play good this year and then you show back up in the fall and maybe you just can't play anymore to the same extent. It, it happens to everybody. The question is when will it? And they're getting into that territory right now. So you know, let's assume it doesn't happen this fall for Pittsburgh. Like they got one, maybe two years left. Like it is it is immediate the need to to round out that roster. And I would expect whoever the manager is to be very active in that sense this offseason because you got to swing for the fences now because within if we're having this talk two years from now, it's probably too late if it isn't already. Hey, what birds you got going on in the background today? Oh, well, I've got, uh, I've got robins. I've got cardinals, buddy. Um, you just have the sprinkler on right now. So when you, when you soften the ground, it tracks the uh, the ornithological activity because it becomes easier to graze. The you know, worms start to come to the surface, right? Oh, look at you, Dave! I like I it. Really, just a, a man amongst the birds. Fantastic! Wow, they they really seem to be enjoying it. So, do you got like a feeder out with them? Do, you, do they no. come to your hand now? Do they feed them? No, 
No, no, I don't. Uh, I used to do the feeder, but it ends up creating a, a huge mess and an eyesore. And then in my part of Etobicoke, we have raccoons, um, and they are like armies charging in over the front. Um, it gets out of hand. So you, we don't do the food anymore. Just have the bath. The, they're responsible for finding their own seat elsewhere. Okay. Well, fair enough. I can respect that. Yeah. Davey, have yourself a, a wonderful day. We will uh, chat with you tomorrow. Oh, by the way, who is your pick mm. in the Stanley Cup final? Cats and seven. Cats and oh. seven. Oh. Obrovsky, the Conn Smythe winner. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm happy you didn't call them the peas, Dave. So that's nice. Yeah, I found that out today on my show that apparently my, my producer, Jake Hahn, told me that Brooks Kepka calls them the peas. Like, what? I mean, come on. I, although I haven't seen Brooks Kepka with the other P that he was carrying around earlier in the year, that pylon that he was referring to Aaron Eckblad. He seems to have left that at home nowadays. Yeah. So, yeah, the P's are terrible. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Have a good one, Dave. Enjoy the birds. <laughs> see you, Dave. That's uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM going with the cats. Hey, you know what? Hey, I'm saying it's happened. Vegas, I think, is a, is a favorite, not an overwhelming favorite, but they uh, they definitely are the uh, the favorite when the series starts. But once the series begins, then who knows? And uh, hey, you got the the Bobrovsky factor because uh, right now he is playing lights out, lights out. Let's take a, a quick Sports Center update with Connor Halley, brought to you by. The Edmonton Police Service. They're hiring a rewarding career with over 100 different roles. Discover your policing career by visiting newepsrecruits.ca. That's newepsrecruits.ca. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.